This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Hot Off the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I'm your host, Samantha Bush. And Tuesday is normally a day reserved for like pop culture, but not today because it's a really big day for one of my very close friends, Dave Quinn, author of Not All Diamonds and Rose, the Bravo book. Um, I'm so excited to talk with you. How are you, Dave? I'm so well. I'm so glad to be here, Sam. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. (laughs) You're holding the book. It's in your hands. Uh, It's right here. It's it's she is a thick lady. I don't know if you can tell, but she is real big. She's a thick girl. She thick, 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 thick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how does it feel? Like, how does it feel to be an author? It feels incredible. Um, I, I have to tell you. I did not like ever set out in my life thinking that I was going to ever write a book. Like it wasn't this like burning passion and desire in me for, and then all of a sudden it kind of happened. And I'm so incredibly grateful that it all worked out this way, like that it's an oral history book that everybody is participating that way, because it's mm-hmm. definitely in my style of writing. It's in my style of gathering. And I'm I'm so excited. It's, it's surreal. So before we get into the book, I just wanted to give people some like background information on you, like who you are. Like what got you into Bravo? Like what was your gateway? How did you how did this happen? Like I'm an OG viewer. I remember watching back in the days when it was just an arts channel. And then when it became Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, when that show came on the scene, that is when I fell in love with, you know, the network in and of itself. And I like watched it all. Showbiz moms and dads, show dogs, moms and dads, blowout, oh. workout. Like if there was a boy meets boy, if there was a show on Bravo, I watched it. Yeah. So I remember watching the first episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County when it premiered and just being completely and utterly hooked. And it's been that way ever since. I love that because I remember like Tabitha Salon Takeover, yes. Millionaire Matchmaker, Rachel Zoe, like that's right. like the era of Bravo that I remember very well because that it wasn't my gateway. Atlanta was mine. Like mm. I started watching the first season of Atlanta and then I started just watching everything on Bravo and then it became obsessed. So who is like, who is your top three like favorite housewives? Current? Oh my God. I mean, that is so challenging. I won't do of all time, but I'll do current. The ones that are currently on air right now. Yes. You know, I really love Housewives for what they bring to the show and for various different reasons. So for me, I like Housewives who, you know, cause conflict, get people talking, right? Like really, I think, move things. So, I mean, I love Lisa Renna. I think she's an incredible housewife. I think that she always has people divided. Hot takes. (laughs) I know. I appreciate that. I love Kenya Moore for that exact reason. Yeah. I mean, I think Kenya Moore doesn't understand the assignment. Kenya Moore writes the assignment. She is like, she Uh knows it. And I love her for that. 
and Candace Diller Bassett. I think that all three of those women for their own franchises just tend to be like the housewives who really, in my perspective, polarize viewers, get people talking. And that's what I look for in a housewife. I don't like boring ladies. You're very attracted to chaos. <laughs> yeah. Like you and are. they would all agree with that. They would all agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Like these women, I mean, I completely agree. I'm team twirl all day, every day. Love me some Kenya Moore, obviously, as you know, I'm a best friend. <laughs> also with Rinna, I loved Rinna for what she did. This season was just tough for her. <laughs> it was just tough. I know, but we talk about this all the time, Sam. Like, Housewives fans sometimes don't like Housewives to grow. And I really appreciate growth, right? So here she is this season saying, last year I was really tough on Denise. I'm trying to be different. And yet everyone's like, why aren't you being mean? It's just in this job and especially talking to so many of these women for this book, you really learn that you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. So you just have to kind of live your life the best way you know how. And that's why I yeah. have so much respect for these women. Sam, I could never do this. I, like, I am so, I mean, if, if you threw a glass of wine in my face, I would apologize. Like I could never ever do this. So Same. yeah, I give them all so much credit. And that's why I love talking to you about Bravo and Housewives is because you have like such a very nut, like it's, um, I don't want to say it's a nice way of looking at all of them, but you have such a respect for them that even the ones that you don't like, you're like, okay, I get what you're bringing to the show or I get that you're needed in some way. And I also, I mean, I talked about this in my podcast last week. I think people get very confused because I can like Candace, but not co-sign everything that she says and does. Well, like, right, I yeah. I like her, but know that she's flawed. Like, that's why, but that's why I like her. I don't want a perfect little person on my TV. Right, because this show isn't scripted, right? So you have to remind right. yourself that, like, this is not a scripted show. None of these mm -hmm. characters, quote unquote, are written out for people. There's no script. They're just being themselves and humans are flawed. We make mistakes and yeah. a lot of them own up to the mistakes that they've made in the book. And a lot of them also make some of those same mistakes again. And that's the beauty of life, right? You just are a hundred percent yourself. I love that. Okay. Who was the first person you interviewed for the book? Oh, the first interview I did when I was like piloting the book, when I was trying to see what it would look like, what the interview would feel like was Leanne Locken. She happened to be in New York. She was doing the reunion and I came in to like have a conversation with her. We sat in her hotel room and I interviewed her and it was incredible just to like, you know, as a journalist, I've had the option of interviewing a lot of these women before, but I wanted to see what like a no holds bar interview would feel like, what sort of questions I could ask, what sort of things needed to come out. So she was a great pilot for me. And then once everything was officially signed and this was my full job, uh, for a bit to write this book, my first interview for the book book was Margaret Josephs. And she was a riot. She was just like, she went on for two and a half hours and just, <laughs> it was like, it was such an easy conversation. And I loved stepping into the water with her. I love that. And I don't think people realize, so I am privileged enough to be your friend. Like, <laughs> you know, so I remember you worked like, these women would talk to you for hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did most of my interviews in the summer of 2020. So I started really in like, you know, June, July, August, uh, a little in September. And then we kind of trickled through the fall as I was writing. And the, the, I was doing like three or four interviews a day, which is just really intense. And most mm -hmm. of them lasted for like four or five hours. I mean, we really went <gasps> on. I mean, I have over 500 hours of interviews and interviewed over 185 people. So when you do the math, that's like around roughly like 2.7 hours per person. I mean, there was a lot of conversation. A lot. And like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's hard to kind of like narrow down too, because there's so much and maybe some people's stories conflict with the other person's story. Even 10 years later, they could still be fighting about Lynn's right. curtains cuffs or something. Yes. I don't know. Like, who knows? Yeah, there was necessary fact checking that needed to happen sometimes. And the beauty of the story is because it's an oral history, like feelings aren't facts and, and, and facts aren't feelings, right? So sometimes 
people have conflicting views on how things happened and that's really all laid out for people. So as the reader, you're going to be able to kind of judge who you think is being more truthful, but there's place for everybody there. I love that. So I believe I remember it. The book is like you go franchise by franchise, correct? Yes. Every chapter is a different franchise. And we covered all of the majors up until Salt Lake City. We didn't. Salt Lake City was just premiering. We had to have a cutoff date because, you know, then I would still want to be asking about all of the things that were currently happening on the shows and you needed to basically scale it back. So uh, we missed basically the last season of Dallas. We list, uh, you know, Bolo and all that stuff, that's not in there. But, you know, it, it's a good cutoff is January 2021 is really where we stopped. So Salt Lake City didn't make it in. Yeah, but that's okay. Because they it's only okay. have one season. It's, I mean, right. it's not that big of a deal. But did you interview anybody from D.C.? I did. I talked to Mary Amons and I talked to Kat and no. I talked to Linda. And the great thing, the thing I love the most about the D.C. chapter is that I really talked to the two writers from Reliable Source from the Washington Post column, they're the ones that broke open the entire situation of the alleged White House party crash. And they had been really involved in like tracking the casting of The Real Housewives of Dallas and tracking like what was happening around filming in the same way that Page Six often does around The Real Housewives of New York City. So they knew who the Salahis were and they just so happened to be in the room at that White House party when the Salahis walked in and only they would have known who exactly those people were, right? Like everybody else would have just been like, oh, those are random guests. But it was Roxanne. She was in the room. She quickly messaged Amy, who was back in the office and was like, they're here. And then Amy's like, that's weird. They're not on the guest list. And from there, everything kind of exploded. So I got to talk to them. They were so gracious with their time. And I feel like those interviews are so exciting. For yeah, me. that's so exciting. I loved DC when it was on. I was so sad that it like wasn't picked up again. But like, how do you move forward after someone's like being, you know, asked questions by members of Congress? Like, how do yeah. you how do you move forward? Yeah. yeah, it changes <laughs> things a little bit. Now, was there anybody that wasn't like cooperative or as cooperative as you wanted them to be? Like, was there anybody that was kind of like a tough interview? Like they were maybe a little closed off. Well, I think that it took a lot of these women a little bit to realize that this was a no holds barred interview. Like Mm -hmm. there were no topics that were off topic. You could really say any any question that I wanted to bring up, I could bring up. So it took them a while. And I had a lot of women say, and some of it's in the book, I put some of it in there. A lot of women saying, I don't think I'm supposed to tell you this or (laughs) wait, are we really being fully truthful here? So There was a lot of those sorts of moments. But I mean, anybody who's ever worked in the industry will tell you that like there are certain housewives who are a little bit more guarded when you're talking to them. I think Karen Huger is a difficult interview. Everyone knows that. Gina Keogh talks openly about the fact that like even Andy has said that she's a really difficult interview. So the people who I expected to be guarded were a little bit more guarded, but I warmed them up with my charm. Yeah, of course. (laughs) With my wit. Yeah, you're very, you know, like you disarm them. Because I think you probably made them feel very comfortable. Like this isn't a gotcha thing. Like you're not trying to get them. You're not trying to like pin one against the other. Like you just want their, you just want to hear their experience. Yeah, I'm not taking sides in anybody's disagreements. It's just not my place. I mean, and I've always been very fair to everyone because, you know, it's the beauty of working for so long for People Magazine. It's a much more balanced outlet. So it Mm -hmm. walked me into a place where I could be really open with these women. Yeah, that's like my Bible, you know, People (laughs) Magazine. It's my Bible. Well, this is your new Bible. This yeah, this okay. book is your new Bible. It's <laughs> yeah, thick exactly. enough to be a Bible. I mean, it's about this 200 is, pages short, but other than that, this it's is the there. New Testament. Yeah. It's like the, <laughs> the, the new, new, the new, the new, new Testament. New. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, okay, who was your favorite interview? Like, who off the top of your head were you so excited to talk to? They were great. They give you so much information. I mean, of course, there's probably more than one, but like for a couple. That you well, the truth is like my favorite interviews were really the names that most Housewives viewers don't know. It was the producers. So it was Carlos King and Doug Ross oh. and Alex Baskin. 
It was, you know, the Lisa Shannon, the producers behind all of these franchises, uh, Lauren and Lorraine from Truly Original, like Lucilla from uh, Real Housewives of New York, uh, New Jersey, rather. Like there were so many great perspectives from the production that I've never had access to. None of us really know what production thinks. And those are the names that I'm hoping everybody walks away knowing as household names here, because they, in my perspective, have such incredible perspective on all this, really spilled the tea about what was happening behind the scenes. Those are the, oh my, my favorite interviews were always the producers. Yeah. Like the behind the scenes, like what was really going on, what happened when the cameras shut off, like that. And Carlos King, I mean. I love him. Icon. I love icon. him so much. I know. Love. Andy, and And I think that he is just such an incredible producer and he gave Atlanta some of the best seasons that they had but he was also instrumental in early seasons of New Jersey because he was like working with Danielle Staub and Teresa and Dina and like he has such great perspective on New Jersey too oh my god what seasons was he working on Atlanta for do you remember I gosh off the top of my head he worked right from the get-go he was there season one oh my Um, god my girl Kimmy with it yeah and his last season was season nine so in between there, I think he missed maybe six, and then he was back for half of seven and eight. Okay. But he left in after nine. And I mean, what a way to go. That four-part yeah. reunion, that nine is a good mic drop. Nine. Yeah, exactly. That's like a perfect mic drop. Um, now, did you have an interview where you went into it maybe with like a certain idea of a situation or who this person was, and then you left it feeling like completely different? Oh, that's such a good question. The most eye-opening interview for me about like how something happened was the Candy mm-hmm. interview about her fallout with Phaedra. I really thought okay. as a viewer that I had one perspective on that, but talking through it with Candy, I now saw another side. And I'm excited for readers to look into that and see kind of how yeah. she viewed their friendship fallout because it's very interesting in my perspective. Yeah. I, you know, I rewatched that season over quarantine and I was just like, Whew. what a great season. Such a great season. It was. And, you know, they had like a real friendship. Like they were like, I think, genuine friends. So when everything kind of started to crumble, it was like. Yeah. I, and Candy really opens up about why it started to crumble and what were the things that actually were happening, you know. A big thing that opened up all of the interviews for me is a a statement that Carol Raswell said to me. She said in one of our interviews, a lot of the fights that you see on the show are about the show in and of itself and how the show kind of affects the women and their standing on the show and their future on the show and how they think about it. And that really, for me, was like a big key to getting into some of these conversations and pulling the women back, because I think oftentimes they're used to being in interviews with the press where they're just regurgitating kind of what we've seen as viewers. Well, I really approach this book as trying to like zoom back as much as I can and to understand what was happening behind the scenes. So you get their perspective from behind the scenes. And I think it really helps. That's so interesting that you said Carol said that because you've said that to me before, <laughs> but I, so I, I say it all the time on this podcast. I'm <laughs> always like, they're not fighting about, this they're fighting about the show like there's something like it's bigger than this right i mean that may be the issue because it's real right so that's the issue that they're feeling but it's just the show is a part of it they're all still in this bubble and it it plays in and some of the women admit to like really being paralyzed by what Mm -hmm. viewers think of them sometimes and some of the women will change their behavior based on knowing kind of how the fans reacted to things. And mm-hmm. we talk a lot about that and about the effect the show has on their experience. I feel like that played into a lot of Beverly Hills this year, actually, is that idea of like, I think personally, Dorit thought viewers would feel one way. And then when she was in too deep and because viewers reacted the complete opposite, so she's like digging your heels in at the reunion because she looks... It could be. I mean, the producers definitely talked to me about how the husbands really react to the show and how that changes things. And PK was brought up as an example of like PK being really involved in the drama early on and then Mm -hmm. like realizing once he saw how that affected the viewer's perception of him and the viewer's perception of his wife, 
started kind of backing out of sharing his opinion as freely. And the producers talk about how frustrating that can be sometimes when you have a husband who really wants to play and then they're not necessarily mm-hmm. interested. And if you look at the history of Housewives, you can really chart all of the husbands doing similar things. You know, you can look at Simon Barney and say like, oh, he did the same sort of thing. Or you can look at even to some extent, Jason Hoppy and various sorts of right house husbands who were mm-hmm. invested in, and liked being a part of it and then recognized that like this wasn't great for them because they didn't really necessarily sign up for that. I mean, that's so interesting because it's it's true. Like there's certain house husbands, I think, that like come on the show and they want to be a part of it. And then they realize like, oh, shit, like I'm now up for scrutiny. Like, you know, I'm in the court of public opinion now and people I'm not as great as I thought I was. Yeah. Again, I would never do it. Never, never, never. Never in a million years. You know what? Do you get asked that a lot? Like what housewife show would you be on? Or like, would you ever do a show? I no. get asked that question all the time. And I always say never in a million years. Yeah, never. I just, I, again, I'm far too self-aware to be in that first. Pers- you have to really, to be like <laughs> a perfect reality star, you have to have like no self-awareness. You really just have no. to live out loud. And again, that's why I look at people like Kenya and, and Lisa and Candace. And I'm like, they're, none of those women are, you know, anything but reactive and real. And I so appreciate that, even though it gets them in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, like they're able, (laughs) yeah, it does. They're able to live their life in such a way that like I envy it. Like they're able to just react to things. Like they're like, I could never, I'm first of all, I'm way too sensitive. (laughs) And I'm like you said, so self-aware that I would be constantly having out-of-body experiences. And like, I wouldn't be able to function on camera. Right, exactly. Too much. Way too much. <laughs> um, what was like the favorite story someone told you or like one of your favorite stories? Okay, I, I really love in the New Jersey chapter, there's something that went down in the Dominican Republic that has <laughs> never been spoken about on the record before by any of these women, and they all mm-hmm. opened up about it. So for me, that that story was like one of the ones where I was like, I open. Oh my goodness. I love that story. There's a story about what may or may not have happened at BravoCon and how that affected some things happening in Beverly Hills that I really loved. There were a lot of juicy perspectives throughout that I got excited about. I love that. I love like a behind the scenes, like stuff we've never heard because there's so much, I'm sure. That's why the book is so thick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you that there's like something in there for everyone. You know, you and I are Bravo holics. We are like obsessed. We are on Instagram. We are paying attention mm-hmm. to every post, every clap back on Twitter, every Reddit thread. Like we're in this world listening to every yeah. podcast. But a lot of viewers don't have that like deep inside perspective. So it really gives you like a wide range for people. There's going to be something in there for every, you know, obsessed Bravoholic. And there's going to be something in there for the more casual viewer who may not necessarily know everything that you and I know. And that's really the perspective. Like I approach this book and the writing of every page on every interview I had about like, what do the fans want to know? What are they going to be? super excited about. I actually did, when I first signed my contract, a Twitter thread. And I literally just asked, what is the burning question that you have? Nobody knew I was writing the book. I hadn't told anybody. I just wanted to hear what people wanted to know. And I used that thread over and over again. I would go back to it and look at it to pull questions and to make sure that I was staying on track of what I felt like the fans were really excited about. Oh my God, that's great. What was like, what was the most requested question, I guess? I mean, everybody wants to know about the Candy Phaedra thing. That was like a big one. Everybody wanted to know what Kim Richards knew about Harry Hamlin. Like, let's talk about the husband. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone wanted to know that. I mean, there were certain things that kept kind of coming up and they all want to know like why women really leave the show and this sorts of thing. So you'll get that perspective in there because you know i'm speaking to the executives and the producers and all of the cast members and it's all there for you to figure out yourself you know who i'm really excited to like read about and i don't know why i mean i do know why is vicky gunvalson just because like she's 
the OG of the OC and she stayed on for so long and like really had this very interesting arc and the Brooks cancer scandal Uh and all of that. Like, so I'm just excited to see what she has to say because also it's Vicky and she's a trip. She's a trip. And the Brooks cancer portion is like such a good chunk. And hearing about how production was figuring this all out in real time too, like you often think, I think, especially skeptical viewers that like, oh, producers knew things and they were trying to set these women up. Like they are just as clueless. They really aren't. They are experiencing all of this in real time. And like they talk openly about the Brooks thing, about how it started to happen. I think um, Bill uh, Langworthy, who was show running that season, talks to me about the fact that like, The last thing you want to do when you're making entertainment reality television is hear words like oncology and like (laughs) like CT scan. Like that's like that's not fun. He talked about Newport imaging. Right. And he talks about the fact that he had worked for a long time on Laguna Beach and the hills and like how this just was like something that a story that they were almost like producers were like, what is this? And then as it kept unfolding, we're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine being there when Brooks handed Tamara that, (laughs) that paper where all the words had no spaces. (laughs) Like I can't imagine being like a cameraman being like, what is going on? I know. I would like, I love that you talk to producers and people behind the scenes because I find it so fascinating because they don't have a dog in the fight. Like they're just simply there watching and listening. And they're just like, what is going on? Like, I would love to have been at that sushi rocks. I think it was, was it sushi rocks? No, it wasn't. It was that sushi restaurant with Heather when (laughs) she lost her mind on Kelly Dodd. Like I low based bullshit. (laughs) Exactly. Like I would love to see that. First of all, I, you know, and anytime that there's like a costume and they're fighting in a costume, God, I would love that. (laughs) I love a costume fight. I love a costume (laughs) fight. Um, So I want to talk like early season New York, but we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. I can't wait. Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so I go through all of that with a healthcare provider. And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialists, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com H-O-T-M. Pink Shade is a podcast hosted by Aaron Martin and Mary Payne Gilbert, two ladies who love reality TV, true crime, cults, and documentaries. The podcast covers what we consider lowbrow, highbrow trash TV. They recap 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup every week, in addition to a weekly Bravo breakdown. These ladies serve up so much content on their main feed and tons of bonus content on their Patreon platforms. Those Patreons include recaps of even more reality shows, as well as true crime investigations, recaps of documentaries from every streaming service out there, book reviews, and personal stories galore. Take a listen to Pink Shade wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, everybody, we are back and I'm talking with Dave Quinn. Um, So we're talking about the book, obviously, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, the Bravo Bible. It's beautiful. (laughs) I keep holding it up because I'm just so happy. I love it so much. It's great. Okay. So the book is obviously, I mean, we've said it a million times, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. Yes. Now, this is notoriously Lisa Vanderpump's tagline. It is, yeah. Have you heard from Miss Vanderpump? 
<laughs> you know, I saw on Twitter that Lisa had tweeted out like, oh, they named it after my tagline. And that that really made me laugh. I haven't heard directly from her yet. Okay. But we, we cover in the book that a lot of the taglines and including that one are written by production. So uh, Alex Baskin, who wrote that tagline, signed off on it. He was very open about that because we had to make sure that we could use it, of course, for the for the book title. Right. So, so, <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah, you know, for me, it's somebody was like imitation is the uh, highest form of flattery. It's not imitation. It's, you know, it's celebration. Uh, for me, I think it's such a great sort of representation of what the housewives universe is known totally. for. And I wanted the I wanted the book title and, you know, my incredible editor, James, and I, I know Andy, because this is on Andy Cohen books really agreed to be something that fans would know and understand. Okay. Now I gave them a few other titles. We talked about mention it all, which I thought oh. would be really good. I also wanted who said that? <laughs> 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 Which I thought was great, and uh, but now we. Do said you it mind up- if that's just what I call it from now on? Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> the oral history of the housewives. I thought that was a great title, but yeah, um, but it you know it evolved, and I I really love not all diamonds and rose. I think it's such a great concept for sure. It's a great title for the book because it's true. It's not all diamonds and rose. Not at all. <laughs> you know, I love it so much. So one of my favorite housewives. And it's so pro- she's so problematic. I mean, it wouldn't be me to love a housewife that's not problematic. <laughs> Here we um, go. Is, is Bethany Frankel. She to me is a very like elusive figure, mm-hmm. even though she's so public. Like she tweets a lot, she's very public on social media, but yet like when it comes to like mailing her down and like speaking to her, I wanna know what that experience was like. Like, I need to know. (laughs) Well, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Bethany a bunch of times. And I think Mm -hmm. that she, as a journalist, she's she's very frank with you. You can't really soften anything or sort. You just have to be really direct with her. You know, it can't be like, oh, so, you know, I know that you've... Uh, had some struggles in relationships. Are you seeing anyone right now? You have to be like, are you dating someone? Like you just have to be really direct with her. Yeah. So that's kind of how she is. And and that's the sort of interview that she is. I really love Bethany. I think she's an incredible housewife. I think that she comes up a lot in the book because people talk about, especially in New York, about the fact that she really approached this as, you know, with a business sensibility and how she mm-hmm. grew. I mean, we all remember her selling those Sad little cupcakes, Bethany so Bates. Yeah, with that Comic Sans fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Nobody wanted them. Nobody no. was interested. The, the early Skinny Girl logo. Even that one Alex McCord did for her. Oh my <laughs> goodness. But uh, but yeah, I mean, she has grown into such an incredible entrepreneur and she's built mm-hmm. this, this beautiful business for her. So that's really tracked, I think, a lot. And it affected a lot of women, you know. Other housewives talk openly about coming onto the show and thinking to themselves, like, I could be the next Bethany. Like, it sits in people's eyes in a way that they necessarily hadn't. And it wasn't just her. I mean, I think New York knew something when they walked in, and it's just the nature of New Yorkers being hustlers. Like, from the beginning, you have Jill Zarin, you have, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Ramona Singer. They're all promoting their businesses. They all have True products. Faith. True religion jewelry, right? True, yeah. True renewal. True renewal. Skincare, ageless by Ramona. Ageless I mean, by Ramona. Ramona Pino. Oh, God. Sorry, I needed to step away to show, to get my ageless by Ramona bottle, which oh. sits here on my desk. <laughs> Have dusty. you used it? I used it oh. up. It's empty. Oh, you used it up. I used the whole thing. Was, did you enjoy? It, I mean, it's a skincare product, right? I don't know. It's all right. This stuff, it's okay. <laughs> that I'm not answers good. everything I need to know. So I don't know why, but I feel like with New York, and I wonder if you can attest to this, but I feel like they have the most like character development across all of the franchises. Like if you look at everybody individually, they have all been through some real shit since starting the show on the show maybe post but then they come back like i just find them to be so interesting so how was like talking 
to specifically like Luann or Ramona, because to me, they have been through the most. It's so interesting that you say that because I agree with you. I think that they've been through a lot for sure. I mean, I mean, I know they didn't go to prison like Teresa. I was about to say, I can argue with you. Teresa's been through a lot. Shannon Vador has been through a lot. Like a lot of housewives have had pretty intense experiences on the show. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that Luann out of everyone, I think had the biggest tonal shift like if you remember who she was when she first Mm -hmm. came on the show and it was like darling don't introduce me to the driver by my first name you know and all that sort of stuff and she they talk about how she really loosens up and she really becomes more of herself now she she becomes Lou now some of the women viewed that and they're very open about it view that as hypocritical or or even like she was hiding a part of herself you know of course bethany had that infamous uh disagreement with luann in the berkshires where you know she was like you fucked everyone Um, i love that you call it a disagreement it was a rampage (laughs) it was a rampage she lost her mind in the berserk she lost her mind she called her a whore yeah she went (laughs) crazy crazy, dave and then i will just never forget carol and jules were in the closet and i i this sticks with me everything carol says sticks with me but she'll she was like you can tell someone's really wealthy if they have wallpaper in their closet. <laughs> it is, and it then, is very and then true. It cuts, and then it cuts to Bethany calling Luann a whore. I was like, all right, this is, I mean, these are my girls. I also just love that scene with Jules, like crying over her dying father, I think, and like, or her father being in the hospital and Luann being like, I'm so upset, <laughs> smoking a cigarette. She's not like ripping cigs. She's got a thong sticking out of her jeans, like just not paying attention to Jules. It's, it's like classic. <laughs> It's I'm going to go watch that today. That is one of my favorite episodes. But you know, yeah. I might I might as well. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, and I think that Luann really looks back at her behavior and she kind of owns like the growth that she had in herself. Ramona mm-hmm. is somebody who has always been very headstrong and I think mm-hmm. knows exactly who she is and has always felt like she's known who she is. So she's a little bit more steady, I think, and, and doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have that like perspective in the same sort of way yeah i i've got what you're saying to my daughter ramona mizua singer i bequeath nothing <laughs> never forget that should have been the title of your book that should have been the title of the book i I'm, i mean maybe it's not too late i'll see if i yeah. can make a call slap that on the cover have you had any like negative responses from any of the housewives since <laughs> the book came out well, I have to say, I mean, I've gotten a few calls over the okay. weekend because the book started arriving at the housewife's doors. And like like every housewife, one would imagine I likely would do the same thing. They flip right to their chapter and, uh, and read about it. And, you know, some have been yeah. a little miffed by what other women have said about them. But again, it's all fair, right? So uh, I would never censor one of the women over the other. I mean, everybody has their perspective And Mm -hmm. uh, I think they understand it. It is like a living confessional. That's what I, you know, it feels as though the same sort of way that when the women watch the episodes back and hear the shady things that are said in confessionals Mm -hmm. about them, it's the same sort of thing that's happening with the book right now is they're like, I can't believe they said this, or I can't believe they said that. There's been a few, there's been a few calls. I won't name names, but they're all understanding. This is a bit of the game, right? I mean, it's kind of Mm -hmm. how it goes. And my hope is that, at the end of the day, they recognize that when viewers read this, we're just like watching the show, making decisions on whose side we may be on or who we believe more than other people. So again, there's a big difference between feelings and facts and all the feelings are laid out there. It is up to you to uh, decide what the facts are. Oh, I just can't wait to get my grubby little hands on this book. <laughs> I, You're going to love it. I pre-ordered it when you first announced and so i got the notification over the weekend that it's on the way well sam you were one of the people who i was you know we have a friendship and i would like check in with you during the process of writing the book you would you know or you would more check in with me like are you okay and how are you doing right now (laughs) i I talked to six housewives today i'm losing my mind you would often send me like screenshots of like you on the phone with a housewife with like the time like how long you've been on the phone. Yes. And I was like, God bless you. I think the longest and in the was, time of Corona in the time of Corona. Right. I think the longest was 12 hours because we really went on over and over again. And I think that, yeah, I mean, some of those screen grabs that I have of the chats 
for me are just like hilarious to be like, you oh my God. You talked to someone for 12 hours. For 12 hours. It was wild. And it, by the way, it felt like 12 minutes. Like it was right. the sort of conversation where we were really just, you know, having a good conversation about it. And she was really uh, introspective about things. And it was so fascinating. I mean, I could go another 12 hours with her any day. Yeah. But I was checking in with you and I would never, you know, of course, I would never reveal anything that they were saying to you because I would lose my job really quickly. But I would just keep Mm -hmm. saying to you over and over again, oh, my God, Sam, the things that these women are telling me, this book is going to be incredible. And I really feel like uh, it all carried through. Like, I'm so excited for you to read it to see. I can't wait to read it. I, I'm like it's so, so excited. Good. And then when I go to New York next, I'm going to bring it so you can sign oh it. Oh my God. I can't wait. <laughs> so my favorite house will probably, it's interchangeable. Like the top three always changes for me, like between the same three women. But Nene Leakes is to me like the housewife. Yeah. How was talking to Lenithia Leakes? Well, Nini, you know, has gone through such a difficult time, obviously, over the past couple of years. And I think that her relationship uh, with the show had really changed by the time we were doing interviews. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I unfortunately didn't really get to go deep with Nini about this for this process. But every time I've spoken to her, I've always loved she is like exactly herself. She's exactly her, you know the same person that you see on television. She comes off very strong, but she's actually a very, she's a very sensitive person, which I, which I love. Mm-hmm. And while we didn't get to talk for the book, I did talk to Carlos King, which is kind of the same thing because he, he talks <laughs> a lot about how Nini really yeah. holds a lot of his personality and kind of mirrored it on the show. So he has uh, such great perspective on her and those early days and how she acts. I mean, you're going to love that interview. I cannot wait. It's really fun. I can't wait. Yeah, I love Lanini. Oh and my god! Of course, I mean, I think like I'm still so sad about Greg's death. Do you feel the same? It's so sad. I feel so sad when she posts photos of them on Instagram. Like my heart just breaks. I know. But I loved seeing like the women go to his like celebration of life party at the Lanithia Lounge. Yes. <laughs> I loved seeing like Kim there, Marlo, Cynthia, or no, Cynthia. And Candy, I don't think we're there. But Phaedra... Tanya was there. Yeah, they all came to support her. And there's something about Kim and Nini together. I have chills. There's something about them together that just, like, has such a special soft place in my heart. Like, because they're true frenemies. Like, they love each other at the end of the day. Yeah. I think. No. It's very much Karen and Giselle. That's right. Like one would not live without the other. Like they need each other. And they know that, you know, and in Karen mm-hmm. and Giselle's perspective, I think they know that. And they they are really good about staying together through it all, which I love. But just going back to what you were saying about Greg's, I mean, seeing all those pictures too. And I think about all the house husbands we've had over the course of this show. And like, for me, Greg Leakes is like right up there with Bobby Zarin, like just a beloved figure across the entire yes. Bravo Cinematic Universe who we care about and uh, will miss greatly. So pour some out for Greg. Strength to need yeah. for this. this is tough and time. Bobby. And Bobby. I still and miss Bobby. him. Oh, Bobby. I love Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, I love, <laughs> oh, love. Jill Zarin is such a good interview. I can't wait till you hear what she has to say. Surprise. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jill Zarin. I've just very self-aware, very self-aware. Like knows her strengths, mm-hmm. owns up to her weaknesses. It was a great interview. I adore Jill Zarin. Yeah, because she really was like the nucleus on New York, right? In the beginning, like she was the one that kind of got all the girls. She's the one that helped pick. Yeah, am I wrong? I know she like yeah. she was the great connector, as she as everyone calls her. Yeah. And uh, the great I kind of miss her. I have to say, I really want her back on my TV screens. I just love Sintel Zarin. She's a great TV person. She's very, you have to understand, I'm born and raised in New York. I've lived here my entire life. She is very New York. Like, she just, for me, is so familiar, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, that uh, sort of in everyone's business in the best sort of way and, uh, you know, a caretaker wants to help, you know, over-involved. I, I just love it. I mean, over, could be Jewish, yeah. could be Italian. You don't really know. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> that sort of personality I live for. Yeah. So before I let you go, oh. I have a question for you. Okay. What, my last question. <laughs> 
what is one story that didn't make the book that like you really loved? I don't know if I could pick just one. I really loved there's uh there was a woman named Katie Hamilton in The Real Housewives of Orange County. She filmed oh, yes. for like a Katie. portion. So I spoke to Katie. Um and unfortunately that part didn't, you know, at the end of the day we wanted to keep it uh again as tight as we could. So uh, that's yeah. gonna make it. But I mean the, her perspective on being somebody who was like on the show and like filmed for a bit and then something went down with her husband and she couldn't film anymore. And they kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she left the series and they kind of edited her out. So you like see her around and like looking back on it, knowing that she was supposed to be a full-time housewife. It's just, I don't know, really fascinating to me. Very. No, I agree. Like I remember hearing rumblings about this Katie Hamilton character back like in the day and what happened. Um, I'm not going to say what happened, but people should like go Google it. I'm sure it's (laughs) out there on the internet somewhere. Maybe the paperback version will slip one in. (laughs) Yeah. You should do like, um, the lost chapter. Yes. Like a sequel, like the lost chapters of the Bravo Bible. (sighs) I'd be down for it. Anytime they're, they're willing your lips to Andy Cohen's ears. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Andy, if you're listening, Andrew, um, (laughs) <laughs> so, Dave, where do you see yourself going next? Like, what's what's in your future? Oh, my goodness. I have no like, what idea. What do you want to do? I mean, I don't know. I I have a lot of ideas of kind of what I want to do. This really opened my eyes to how production works. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can see myself going in that path. I'm ready and willing to write the oral history of Below Deck Anytime anybody wants to do that book, because I'm a huge Below Deck fan as well. And I think that franchise is incredible. And I would love to, you know, talk to the variety of people who've been a part of that, specifically Mm -hmm. my queen icon legend, uh, uh, Kate Chastain. And yeah, I don't know, Sam. I mean, uh, right now I'm really enjoying the, the, the ride of this. I think oftentimes in life, we spend time thinking about what should be next or where we should be going. Mm-hmm. And we don't spend enough time kind of sitting in the joy that we have. And I learned that over the years of talking to actors who, you know, especially on Broadway, where I covered for a long time in my career, where unfortunately, you know, you only have a certain amount of time doing a project and you're constantly auditioning, even when you're like in the top show they often lose the joy of doing it. So I'm really right now trying to like soak up the moment. You should. Yeah. Like what you this should. is, how this feels the day of the book release, like all that sort of stuff is just exciting for me. And so I don't know. Exciting. I mean, I'm still working. Uh, luckily I'm very happy to be back at people magazine and, and writing and reporting there. So that's a joy. And I'm just excited to see, you know, what the future holds. I know. I'm so excited for you and I'm so proud of you. I love you and so much. I can't wait to read the book. I can't wait to talk to you about the book. I can't wait. I just can't wait. I can't wait to you know what I really am excited for? I'm excited for people to take pictures with the book and like tag you and post it on Instagram. Oh my I God, think that I never, would be like so surreal. I like literally have not even thought about what that experience is like. Yeah. Like imagine I, like some little Instagram influencer, Tatiana, posting the book. With, like, her coffee, with, like, an Instagram aesthetic. Like, you know I, what I'm saying? I'm going to die. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most, I'll be really honest with you. I have a, yeah. I live here in Park Slope, Brooklyn. There's a beautiful bookstore a couple of blocks <gasps> away from me, a little community oh bookstore. And I just, I'm I'm going to go walk over there tomorrow. I hope that they have the book. But oh, like, my God. seeing it on a shelf, seeing it in Target, like, that's the sort of thing that I'm just going to be, like, Like, that's wild. surreal. And, yeah. and maybe you're going to move the books to the front. Like, are you going to rearrange them? Of course I am. I'm petty as hell. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally yeah. doing that. Um, and I'm also excited to like be on the subway maybe and see someone to read it. Like those sorts of things are going to be kind yeah, of Yeah, like out in the wild. Because yeah, who the hell knows who I look like? Like I'm nobody. So I'm excited so to kind of see, you know, what that could feel like. That's great. So before we go, tell huh. everybody where they can find you. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, both under the handle nine Daves, N-I-N-E-D-A-V-E-S. Uh, and I also am the uh, founder and <laughs> an admin over at Club Bravo on Clubhouse. So if you guys <laughs> use huge Clubhouse, success. huge success, we're you know, uh, one of the biggest clubs on Clubhouse. We're the biggest Bravo club for sure. And we do rooms every single day talking about Bravo. So if you're a Bravo super fan and you want to like come and join us, it's free to download. Come join Clubhouse and you'll certainly enjoy yourself. 
So fun. All right. Well, I love you so much. And thank you for coming on and talking about the book. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Call me as soon as I love you so much. And I'm so glad to be here with you today. And as soon as you read it, like I I want just text me every thought that you have. Call me anytime. And that goes for everyone out there. Whenever you have opinions about things, share it on Mm -hmm. social media. I'm, I'm here and very accessible and I can't wait to see it all. I'm so excited for you. Yay. Thank you, Sam. I love you. Love you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, we have new episodes every Tuesday, which are pop culture related. And every Friday is, of course, Bravo Friday. And this is a podcast brought to you by The Dip. So for 20% off at thedip.com, use code H-O-T-M. That is H-O-T-M. And again, I say this every single week. I am a words of affirmation person. It's my love language. It's who I am as a person. I just... I can help myself. If you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, that's that would be amazing. I'd be forever grateful. And of course, check out all the other amazing podcasts brought to you by The Dip. There's TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, which is a daily pop culture podcast uh, by the friend of the pod, Allison Pivovarsky. She's so amazing. Um, and of course, there's so many other ones. So please go check those out and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Here's to the great American settlers, the millions of you who settled for unsatisfying jobs because they pay the bills. Of course, there is something else you could do if you got something to say. Start a podcast with Spreaker from iHeart and unleash your creative freedom. Maybe even earn enough money to one day tell your old boss, hey, I'm no settler, I'm an explorer. Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Hustle on over today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.